Hi, Steph. Hello, Suze. You have some exciting news for me today, don't you? Oh my goodness, I do. <laughs> I so do. Spill the beans. I can't believe it because I've been talking about it for what feels like forever, but I've finally completed chapter two of Painting as a Practice e-course. Oh, hooray. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. So what does that mean? Is it ready to go? Can I sign up? It's ready to go. It's ready to go. Everyone that's listening, if you if you would like to take chapter two of Painting as a Practice, you can go and buy it now. It, the, we will leave the link in the show notes, of course, and in probably a million other places on Instagram and <laughs> Facebook and all the things. Uh, but yes, it is, it, is, it is ready to go. And if people buy now, which is during the pre-sale period, and the pre-sale period is from the 15th of September to the 22nd of September, 2020, you can get 20% off. So that is with the code practice two for 20. So if you pop on over to the show notes, you can get all those details. But anyway, how are you going? Oh, I'm really well. I'm really well. So the focus of this course is all about colour, which is something I am very passionate about. So can you tell us a little bit more about what we can expect aside from promise of bright zingy colours? Okay, so it's about colour. It's called, uh, the subtitle is Colour Play and Mediums That Pop. Mm. So it's it's very much about colour, but very much also about how I layer with mixed media art supplies. It's just so much fun. And it's when I'm bringing out all the bright colours. The, the tone, the palette was quite muted in Painting as a Practice Chapter 1. And that was intentional because I wanted it to be a course that was very much suitable for beginner painters. So, yes, yeah, so it's much easier to learn how to paint uh, when you're not also dealing with intense colour. But this is the chapter of the e-course where I am going very much into how I use colour to create my paintings which are very bright and have a lot of impact and also how I layer my mixed media which they kind of go hand in hand so yeah so it's really exciting and really fun and really gives people a very uh good understanding of how I create my art to achieve maximum impact with colour and mixed mm. media. And I know that there's another element to the course, which is that you really unleash using your art as a spiritual practice. You've like really dig deep into that. So I'm really excited to hear more about that because I feel like that's your secret source. So can you tell me, I'm really interested, interested in how, how your relationship with colour and your spiritual practice come together because I know that you've lent into color a lot um, through your healing journey, through trauma, mm-hmm. and I, I really want to learn more about that because I don't I don't really understand it. I just like what I like, and I want to understand more about why we use color as artists to to enhance our spiritual journey. Okay, so the first thing to say is that I don't actually understand how it works also. But all I know from experience is that painting with super bright colours brought incredible healing and comfort to me during a very difficult time in my life. And there is something magical that happens to me almost on a cellular level Uh, it's an experience that I have that it just lifts and brightens my whole experience of life. It is like medicine 
to my whole system when I paint with really bright, beautiful, vibrant color. Now I'm saying this to you on a video call and you can see me in my (laughs) bog standard. I'm wearing like cream linen. Like I wear extremely neutral clothes. I don't dress generally in very bright things. I have a very neutral home, but when I paint and create art, it is like this rainbow of color just wants to flow through me and It is the color in my paintings and the way that I put it together. So I work a lot with complementary colors, which means that I layer my paintings very deliberately using, um, making sure that I'm using complementary colors, the opposites on the color wheel, because they, when they're next to each other, they vibrate very intensely. And there's something about the way that I paint that really reaches people and hits them in the core of their heart. And I believe that there is such magic to color and there is a healing frequency to color that is undeniable in, in my own experience from what I've observed in the, in what happens to me when I paint art from that place, but also the responses that I've seen from people that buy my art or people that comment on it on social media, there is something about the color that just is magically healing and, just brings joy and beauty and happiness to the world which is that not possibly the most valuable thing right now yeah um yeah so that's been my experience with working with color and so in the e-course the new the chapter two of painting as a practice e-course that that brings together those two worlds of how like the mechanics of how I work with color and layer in my paintings but also I'm introducing people to tools that I love to work with that help me connect more deeply with with a force that wants to travel through me that I I don't know how how else to describe it aside from uh, it's the divine flowing through me in my art but it is possible to actually connect with a universal creative flow in our art making and allow that to flow through us into our art. And I really honestly believe that that is the secret source in my art and why it connects with with buyers all around the world. Wow. <laughs> First of all. <laughs> <laughs> but second of all, I'm really interested in given that sense of feeling that you're you're channeling when you pick color when you choose a palette I know that you do that intuitively you don't plan a palette before you go and make swatches and samples like you really lean into what your body wants to to pick could you speak a bit to that like why do you choose what you choose Mm -hmm. obviously there's some intellectual boundary of the complementary colors but what do you what what process do you do to allow your intuition to open up to choosing what it needs? It's a very much a feeling inspired thing. So and and going with what I'm craving and paying attention to those little flashes of intuition that occur in a in a moment and and learning to see those and 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 identify and not just let them pass me by but to actually respond to them and trust in choosing that color and applying it because you're right there's not not a scientific element to the way that I paint 
besides from that there are certain principles that can definitely help me to bring a painting home and really give it life, such as working with complementary colours. Another really important aspect, which I also go into in the course, is learning the importance of tonal value mm-hmm. in paintings and how having having a handle on that is really important to creating art that um, doesn't look flat and has dimension and life and, a, and something that you can journey into in a painting. So those, having those kinds of understanding is really essential. But then when it comes to my art making process, I very much go with whatever's occurring to me in the moment. It's a very intuitive art process, uh, painting process that I have. And I mean, I've talk, I, we talk a little bit about things like slowing down and paying attention to the moment, particularly in episodes that we've done in the past around, you know, traveling through some of those more difficult moments in relation to our art businesses and things that we go through. And it's a very similar thing in the art making process. If you can just slow down those flashes of inspiration enough to actually just follow them mm-hmm. without even understanding where it's leading and applying the paint as you're going just inspired by that flash of delight or inspiration that you had that's when I find I always make my best art is when I'm in that space and when I'm in a more intellectual space of oh I'm going to produce a painting like this because that's the kind of painting that sells the artwork just loses something it doesn't quite have it it's like the more that the more that I go into that formula zone of uh, this is how I do it to create a painting that people want to buy the less inspiring it is for me but the but the more that I stay in this other space of remaining constantly open to those moments of true inspiration that's when I'm making art that I feel like is really good mm. so yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, it though. does. And I, <laughs> yes, it does. But I also was really excited to listen to the part of your e-course where you provide a meditation to allow people to connect a little bit easier with that sense of channeling the divine through you, for, for want of better language around that. And I think that that's really interesting. Are there any other things that you do? So you have your meditation. I know that you love essential oils. Is there anything else that you do to prepare yourself to allow that to flow through you? Well, the other really big one is music. Ah, yes. So I, you know, I, and that's something I've done for both of the courses for painting as a crack practice is create Spotify playlists for both of those that kind of capture the mood of each of the courses. And the guided meditation that I've created for this one is very much about allowing people to kind of step into a bit of this experience that I'm talking about, but in a very intentional way of allowing the colors that are available to us to flow through us and to nurture that sense of being able to start to pay attention to what colors are resonating for us and what is it that wants to come through us in a particular painting and it's a very non-intellectual thing it's um, a very feeling process and that is the process that I'm hoping to connect people with through that meditation that comes with the course Mm. So yeah, I use I, I use guided meditations a lot in my own life and also in my art practice. And yes, uh, essential oils are another thing that I love to have diffusing while I'm art making. 
and I don't talk about some of the more detailed processes I have with those particularly in this course um, but yeah I do I've worked very intentionally with essential oils in the past um, with the s- certain elements that can be brought forward with each essential oil and yeah the music mm. and there's nothing beats a good studio boogie Too right <laughs> Too right getting in the zone I'm a big big believer in uh just putting some music on and waking your body up and its response to the music I think there's a lot of parallel between uh dance and painting there's a for me there is anyway because I'm, I tend to paint very large and I'm a very gestural painter and I really enjoy the paintings that come out of when I'm very embodied mm. and when I'm really feeling through my body so in a sense all of the things that I'm teaching are ways to connect more richly with our sensory selves and our intuitive selves and to bring that together with and marry it with uh, the the knowledge aspect of you know there's certain principles that make good art so that's very much Mm. what this chapter two is all about I strongly believe in that statement I think you do need both I think you need an intellectual understanding that is such becomes such a deep understanding that you're almost not having to reference it you can allow that understanding to just seep out of you while you make your decisions and that when you're so, when you're so feel so strong in that sense of technical understanding it allows the other part of the intuition to open up and it's like a delicate dance between the two isn't it like allowing mm. them to come into play when necessary switching from critical thought to intuitive play it's it's a delicate balance it is it's a dance it's really a dance and I use that phrase a lot actually in the e-course is that dance between the two and I totally agree with you you do need both it's so it's like the combination of the masculine and the feminine and we actually need both and a balance of both in in our lives and it's the same with our artwork you need that balance between those those core principles that help make a successful painting which is so useful to return to when you're looking at a painting and for some reason it's not working and then you can kind of mentally go through that checklist of well have I got enough value contrast in this painting for a start is that is that in there because that's a big clue is if a painting isn't working take a photo of it in black and white on your phone and look at it then and see if there's enough balance of light and dark and where they are, they are placed in the painting. And, and also in learning about colour, there are certain principles of colour that will really help to make a great painting. And when you know some of those principles, it helps you a long way along in, in doing that. And I don't go deeply into colour theory in this course. What I'm going into is showing you how I do it yeah. and how I achieve uh, certain results in my art and, and I explain what I'm doing and how I'm doing it um, and explaining colour theory from that perspective. So I'm not trying to be exhaustive about that because, as you well know, colour theory is such a massively huge warren to dive into. And, and it's pretty boring, like honestly. It is pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to stare at a colour wheel and do all those little swatches? Like I think intellectualising that is something anybody can do, but learning how to lean into making those choices intuitively is 
is really powerful. That's that's not really taught. Like, and what I give what I give in this course in relation to color are really solid easy things to remember and recall that you can lean into in your art making process to make better art Mm. so that's the way I approach it in the course Mm. uh but yeah but yet that going back to this whole thing of it being a dance it really is like you've got to have both you've got to have you know a bit of the knowledge and then you've got to learn to let go of the knowledge and be in a space of unknowing and it's the combination of those spaces that makes art and they're actually they're tricky to hold in the same space. They are not easy. Mm. And and learning to dance between those two is a skill in its own. So that's really what painting as a practice is about. And the other part I think that you touched on before, you were talking about how, um, you know, flexing those muscles and having that that technical knowledge and but being, just having it there in a way that you can grab it when you need it so that it's not at the forefront of your mind and you're not labouring it. That's the other part of why, what I believe, which is that through repetition and creating a volume of work, you get better at doing that. It's that whole, it's that whole philosophy of what is it like in order to attain mastery of something you have to do 10,000 hours or whatever the figure is. Mm-hmm. You can't skip the bit where you do the work that ingrains this knowledge in you, which is why the whole overarching structure of painting as a practice is about having a practice. Yeah. And one of the moments that I travel through in the course is, so I make a painting that I'm not particularly happy with, and that is one of the demonstration videos. And and it's not for any particular reason. It just didn't quite work out. We all have paintings that are a bit blah, right? Yeah. So in the next video, I actually journey back into that. And part of what that is about is not being put off by something that hasn't worked, but just allowing that to be a stepping stone to resolving it in your next piece. I mean, that in itself is such an important muscle to develop in our art making, don't you reckon? Absolutely. And when you're working in layers in the way you do, it's it's actually a wonderful opportunity there to pause as things dry and then do that critical analysis and figure out what's working what's not what do you want more of where is the composition a little bit off and that next layer with the mixed media really allows you to refine that to put you know more vibrancy here so the eye flows differently or balance out an element in a different place and I think accepting that sometimes your work is going to fail it's cool like I have heaps of fail paintings and I just go over the top of them like Failing and failing fast is a really great skill to learn. That was one of the great pieces actually that I took away from way back in the beginning when I first started learning painting. I did um, some courses with um, Mady Rose and Faith Evans-Sills, which some of the artists out there might be familiar with. And one of the things that they often talked about was the beauty and a history of a painting mm. and that, and that the, one of the wonderful things about acrylic painting is you can just keep going like if it doesn't work out it's just more history for the canvas and I've I've really I've always run with that idea and I really believe in it because I love and I know you love you know that thick impasto history that happens on a canvas and yeah so I just wanted to acknowledge that little piece that I took from those two beautiful Mm. women uh, because it's a really valuable one that takes a lot of the pressure off those moments and then and then there are paintings that that I've completed 
that I'm no longer layering, that I would still regard as a failure, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to have shame about them or reject them. I'm just going to regard them as, well, that's what happened. And now I'm going to take what didn't work there and apply that and create almost a little challenge for myself. Well, what Mm -hmm. didn't work there and how can I improve it? So that's something that I actually walk through in the course as well is that process of, how do I negotiate it not working out? I mean, one of the temptations for me was to leave that video out of the course. But then I realized this is where the learning is for people is learning to negotiate those kinds of moments where you make something that isn't great and to understand that it is not a failure. It's just a stepping stone to a painting that's going to be amazing. That's right. And I think that when it comes to a a visual art space, we forget that we're very good at doing this in other parts of our life. You know, we might be very well practiced through our school career of writing creative stories. And it is that, again, that beautiful balance between creative thought and all the analytical analytical things of language, of punctuation and spelling and all that stuff. And we're very good at marrying those things. It's just maybe within our arts practice, we're not as practiced because it's not something that's taught as deeply within our education systems because it's not valued as highly within those systems but that doesn't mean that it's not possible and it doesn't mean that without practice you can't reach that level of elevation that we take for granted in other elements of our life and it's interesting isn't it in art at formal art education in school and university they do not teach intuitive art making processes it's very intellectualized And I'm actually yet to meet someone that's come up through that formal learning system that hasn't in some ways been shut down by it and had to recover from that shutdown because they have been trained to actually shut off one of their greatest assets as an artist, which is to access the intuitive self, to trust in the moment in the art making process and try things out and take risks. I do have a question. I'm really interested in the colours that we choose. Um, Unlike you, I embrace colour in all aspects of my life. So the colours that I'm drawn to in the moment often appear in my wardrobe, in my home, and they change. They not necessarily Mm -hmm. seasonally, but sometimes. But throughout the years, I've been so strongly drawn to specific colours. And I, I wonder if... Is that because there's a lack that that colour fulfills or is it that I'm in a certain space that that colour enhances? I, th- I think about maybe like um, the colour representation of the chakras and, and I'm, sometimes mm-hmm. I think, oh, is that is that linked? Like am I boosting a certain area by receiving a certain colour into my life or am I really strongly in a certain area and it's thriving and that's just enhancing that what's been your experience with color in that way um I believe it's probably a bit of both and I definitely understand color as frequency so colors have frequency which you can actually measure that frequency will resonate with certain states of being in our bodies you know as you're mentioning through the the system of the chakras like each each chakra in the human body has a dominant color that represents its its vibration its frequency so i believe we're definitely 
bringing in more of a frequency that we need for whatever reason. I think it can be um, something that we're lacking, that we're needing to bring more of it in, but also a, a way of expressing resonance with something that's already present in our lives that we want to expand on. I have, I do have colour phases in my life for sure, like not in the same way that you do but I definitely know that my in my paintings I see them flow through different um, phases and I find it really really interesting that my floral abstract paintings which pretty much contain all the colors of the rainbow sell very well and I think there is something about them that is harmonizing and rebalancing for the whole human system which is why people resonate with them so strongly I think from the perspective of people that buy art they are craving something they're craving something in that painting that their system needs that it resonates with that it wants more of Mm. Um, and that that becomes part of the art purchasing process Mm. so yeah I can't really say if it's one or the other I think maybe it's both yeah yeah I mean, I'm certainly quite familiar with the scientific um, ways that colour interplays with our senses. I mean, we all know if we're on our phone at night time and we've got the blue light going on, that it keeps us alert and awake rather than the red light, which allows us to soothe and relax. And I think that's very true in all sorts of different ways. Just the interplay of what you're talking about in this course of the the cools and the warms together make the cones and the rods in your eyes literally vibrate and it's such a physical sensation but it's also such an emotional sensation and I love how those two things can interplay so beautifully to make something that's intensely compelling and that balance of science alongside intuition to me is like endlessly fascinating it is endlessly fascinating and perhaps never provable, but, you know, I, I see things that happen in relationship to colour and my paintings that blow my mind, like the way that pe- certain people respond to things and the things that they say to me in response to certain paintings that have that special something that you can't put your finger on. Um, it's definitely a factor. So, Hmm. yeah, we could talk forever about it, I'm sure. I know we could, but all I want to do now is go out to my studio and use some beautiful zingy colours, so it'll have to wait. (laughs) it will. So, with that... (laughs) You're already out in your studio, thank you. Oh, dear. So, with that in mind, how can I find out more? Like, where should people go to sign up, get more information, have their questions answered? What's the go? Okay, so we'll leave all the links in the show notes for sure. You can also pop on over to susannethercutestudio.com forward slash online classes and find out all the information there. It is going to be 20% off for from the 15th until the 22nd of September. I'll be offering 20% off painting as a practice chapter two. But I am also offering for that period 20% off chapter one as well. And there is also within Teachable, which is the platform where the course is hosted, you can also purchase a bundle which includes chapter one and chapter two. 
And if you buy both together, that is also 20% off. So there is a small discount already on the combined bundle, but then an additional 20% off. So if you're wanting to start out to do painting as a practice and you'd like to do chapters one and two, then go and check out the bundle. And yeah, I really look forward to connecting with a whole bunch of new artists over there. So are you running a challenge this time around, the month-long challenge that you ran last launch period? We're not doing it this time around for a few reasons. Firstly, that we are still in lockdown in Victoria. So uh, it's just I've got my kids home on school holidays for three weeks. So I know that for myself, I can't commit to a daily practice just now. And we will be running another one, though, in the next few months. So um, stay tuned for that. But, yeah, not for this time around. We're not actually running the challenge. Uh, But you can totally make one for yourself if you want to within the course because I give all the framework for how to do that. Fantastic. Can't wait to check it out. Well done, Susan. I'm proud of you. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Steph. Let's chat soon. And I'm going to go visit that right now and sign up. Awesome. Thanks, Steph. I'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.